Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Monday evening. Let me see if I can do another one today. Um, I want to do the Haftorah because there's something that came to my mind. I want to share it rather than go through any particular order. We're looking at the Haftorah and this Tazrim and Sarah, so I understand the Haftorah should be for the second one about the four lepers. Tonight's uh, uh, podcast, the, the Haftorah podcast, is being sponsored by Ed Farkas from uh, Flatbush. He's a sponsor before. I thank you very much. People heard my uh, pleas. <laughs> And uh, grateful for it, and hope everything's going okay. In Flatbush now, Corona-wise, to be past the worst. This uh, haftorah is, of course, the famous one. Well, it's, I, I'll tell you where I'm coming from. They say it's about Gehazi, but they have all kind of funny things to say about Gehazi. And there are two ways, in, as far as I'm concerned, and <coughs> looking at Gehazi. Last year, I happen to remember that I presented one. Which is Gehazi is your typical uh, Gaba. You got the Rebbe and they got the Gaba. You got the Makubal and they got the money guy staying in the Makubal. If he's a real thing, the Makubal say, You can come to me, I don't charge any money. I've dealt once in a while with people like that. <clears throat> once in a while. Uh, and then you got the other kind where the guy says, You know, cost you money, get in, cost you money, get out, and so on and so forth. And if the guy doesn't do it himself, he's got a flunky doing it. And that's, that's the um, Gaba. And that's your Gehazi phenomenon. Because as we all know the story, Naaman, the Egyptian, uh, the Syrian general went and uh, Elisha performed the miracle and cured his leprosy. <clears throat> and uh, then when it was all over, he wanted to pay him. And Elisha, uh, very famously and very proudly, says, I don't want any money. Which is a big madrega, like I'm a vina. That's the way you make a kiddush Hashem. I bet you saw like I did the other day on, um, I don't know, Sheep World or somewhere. There's two boys driving up from Florida. Two guys with yarmulkes, and they helped this guy, lady in Georgia, change the tire, and she wanted to pay him, and they wouldn't take any money. That was a very impressive, you know? Below Samar and Nia Shartis album. That was very nice. All they asked her to do was, was be mefarsimit, you know? Put it out on the media. The two boys with yarmulkes helped you when you had a flat tire or something like that. See, called to them. Now, um, so that's what Alicia did. He said, I don't want any of your money. And then Gehazi went behind, as we all know the story. I'm sure everybody knows the story. <clears throat> it says... My master changed his mind or something like that. I'll take the money. And of course, that turned what was a noble Kiddushem into a sordid gesture. What do they call that in English? This is a crime. I believe it's called peculation, maybe. Am I right about that? Uh, well, you know, they take the money. They took the money improperly. Okay? Wrongful and appropriate embezzlement of, of property. Anyway, um, so what was the result? Saras, Naman, Yidbak, Bacha. That Alicia, of course, you don't mess with Alicia. He can see everything. He's a Navi. And uh, therefore, you give him a curse. You should be struck with leprosy ad oilam. So, you know, you can't get rid of it. That's quite a, a powerful statement. And so you would say it's a reproval, it's a musr against the corrupt Gabite. There's always the Gehazis out there, and the Alicias have to sort of like suppress it. And that certainly is Mahalach had to read the stories. However, very fascinatingly, 
we have the story um, in this week's Haftarah, which is a few places later. This is one of the Elisha stories. You know, you have prophets, and then you have Elisha and Eliyahu, Eliyahu and Elisha. Most of the prophets in the Bible, Rubicon, almost all of them, don't do miracles. Instead, they're messenger boys. A Novi means somebody who's sent by God with, with something to tell the people. I guess God could have done it another way. One of the ways he communicates to people, not the only way, is through a Novi or a Neviyo, a guy or girl. <laughs> through Devoro, that's a girl. Through Yeshayo, that's a guy, and so forth. <laughs> However, um, once in a while, you find, not often, once in a while, you'll find a prophet in the Bible, usually in the Book of Kings, associated with some kind of a miracle. But usually not. And as a matter of fact, some of the Nubbies are killed by kings. So they can't pull the magic and save themselves. They say Yeshayel was killed by Menachem, for example, hiding in a tree. Now, um, the two big exceptions <coughs> is Eliyoha Novi and his successor, Elisha. These are two Nevi'im that all of a sudden the narrative book of Malachim Kings, which is usually talking about one king after another, usually the kings of the north, as opposed to the kings of the south, you, uh, they interrupt the stories of the chronology of the kings, and they go over all these tangents about the um, miracles that are performed by Eliyahu, and then those performed by Elisha. Now, it's within a context. I mean, Eliyahu is fighting Ahab, and so forth and so on. And then when Elisha is around, so Elisha is operating... Um, and does many miracles, miracles, I say, during the the dynasty of Yehu. Um, that's one of the dynasties in the north. In the north like revolving chairs. One king assassinated the other, so rarely do you have any stability. The longest of the dynasties in the north was that of Yehu, who killed out, he exterminated the dynasty of Ahab, and then he took over, and he had like five kings. What was it? It was uh, Yehu, and then um, Yoachaz, and Yehoash, and Yeram the second, and then Zechariah. Zechariah was there for a few months and bumped off. You see? Then it started again in musical chairs. So during that time was Elisha. And his uh, miracles are of all sorts. Sometimes they're associated with the king. Sometimes they're not. Now, in our story that our Haftorah takes a piece of, because I told you, it's always the Haftorah. They don't tell you the whole thing. Usually they, they take a piece of it. So the Haftorah is saying... That there was a certain war going on. This would be the time of Yoachaz. If you know anything at all, Yoachaz was an unlucky king. Uh, he was constantly at war with Aram. And the Arameans were beating the heck out of him. As Elisha had prophesied. As Elio had prophesied. Actually, as God had told Elio on Mount Sinai, if you want to be down to it. And the Aram was uh, beating up in Israel and killing a lot of Jews. And the Jews were, I won't say helpless, but almost helpless in their way. And at one point, the army of Aram is besieging the capital city of the north, which is Shomron, the capital city, and it's a starvation. And it's so bad that the king, you have that story, which is like a knockoff of the Shlomoelk story. Two widows are arguing, but they're not arguing whose is the baby. They're arguing, yesterday date my baby. Now, how come you don't give your baby today to eat? So they were reduced to cannibalism, and the king tore his clothes, and so on and so forth. So basically, there's a terrible starvation going on in the city. And Elisha uh, says, soon it'll be okay. And the king's officer and others are cynical. That's the background of the story. So the Jews are in the city starving away. And it's terrible. If you ever want to read starvation in detail, you read Echo 
or else you read Josephus' description of the uh, siege by the Romans. They have the terrible effects of starvation. My father went through starvation and concentration camp. You know, it's, it's, it's just something you say, but it's a terrible, obviously, to experience it. Okay, now, um, then you have the very artful and remarkable story of our Haftorah about the four lepers, four people lepers, or to be more exact, Saras. Because Saras is not identical with leprosy, but let's call it leprosy. Do me a favor and give me that. Let's call it leprosy for our purposes. So what does it say? It says there were four. So the army of Aram is surrounding and besieging the city. The people are starving in terrible ways. They're reduced to cannibalism. And, um, and you know, and everybody's going crazy. And around them is the enemy army. And then it says, Arba Noshim Hayim Mitzaroim. Pesach Ashar, he had these four people with leprosy who were not in the city, they were immediately outside the city. So basically they're in between the two armies, the besieging army on the one hand, and two Hashem on the other. After all, they got leprosy, and, um, you know, Badod Yeshiv Mechusamachan and that's how I'm fortunate when I explain it. It's not so easy to understand, simply because the Jews of the north were not from, they were idol worshippers and all that kind of stuff, so it's funny. Baal and Asherah, they don't care about. You know, Moloch, you don't care about. But when it comes to leprosy, that they care about. But let's get, once again, let's stipulate that that's what happened. And um, then the famous story goes like this. They discover a, a very remarkable fact. It is a, a wonderful story because the people are starving and they're not aware that the enemy camp around them is deserted. So the food is there, they just don't know about it. Isn't there a plastic like that in, 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 in Kohelis that there was a, a starving city and a, a wise man saved them or something like that? So they need a wise man over here. Ish Miskain, you know. Um, and the lepers, of course, say, we're going to die anyway. There's no point trying to get in the city. There's no food there. We stay here, we'll die from starvation. So we might as well go over to the besieging army, the Gaim. Either they'll kill us and put us out of our misery, or we'll get food. That's the way they thought. So basically, they were super desperate and do whatever it takes. So they go to the enemy army, half expecting to be shot on the spot. And of course, they discover it's empty. Why? Because although the Jews in the city didn't know it, Hashem had freaked them out and made it seem as if there was a huge army coming. He heard noises. So the people in the city didn't hear the noises, but the guy heard the noises. That's how the story goes. Okay? and um, Or maybe they had the mass the psychosis. Doesn't matter. And they panicked, and they said, we're about to be attacked by a mercenary army the Jews have hired. We're about to be surprised attacked by an overwhelming force, and if we better run away, and they fled like crazy. That, so in other words, when the lepers come and go to the enemy camp, they were like, I don't know, minutes or an hour after the enemy had surreptitiously fled. And uh, the enemy had fled on foot. They left behind. So that's a heck of a story. He really hit them. God really hit them with a mamash, a panic. I mean, like a super panic. And he just... <laughs> Dropped everything and fled. You understand? I mean, they put they put uh, you know a distance between them and the camp. They didn't even ride on their horses. It says they didn't ride on their donkeys. That's extraordinary. And by the way, 
is a hilly area. You and I know where Shomron is. It's hills and valleys. So it's just, and it's nighttime. So that itself is just an interesting scene to see thousands and thousands of Assyrians fleeing in sheer terror over the rocks and, and, and uh, stones of the mountainous area. What I'm trying to say is, it's a dangerous thing to, to, walk, to walk and run at nighttime in uh, central Israel, okay? So I'm sure plenty of them got killed, you know, falling down and stuff like that. Then, as a result, when the four people with leprosy approach the camp, it's deserted. So the first thing they do is, I don't blame them. They're starving. And then, next thing they do, they're Jewish. And they take as much gold and silver as they can find immediately, and they bury it. That's what people do. You bury it where nobody else knows. Okay? And they did it to the second tent. So have the huge Syrian army, you had the king's tent, and the general's tent, and so forth and so on. And so it's a belt of gold and silver, and who knows what. And they are, now I told you, they ate, so they fell upon the food, and they fressed their heads off. I don't blame them. Remember, they're starving. Right? Can't blame them for that. And then they started thinking about, you know, the bank account, and Vayatminu, they hid stuff. Now, here's the funny part. And then you have a very interesting Pusik. To my mind, a fascinating Pusik. And then the lepers say one to the other, We're not doing the right thing. We're not doing the right thing. Actually, this is good news. There are fellow Jews who kicked us out of the city, but fellow Jews uh, that are unaware. They are starving and dying and suffering and, and they don't have to. It's all unnecessary. The only thing that's keeping the starving going at this moment is the ignorance of the people in the city about the facts on the ground that the enemy has fled. And we know it. We lepers. What are we going to be quiet? What are we going to wait till morning? So that over the next several hours, who knows how many people will die of starvation? Who knows how people will suffer? Who knows how many parents will eat children? <laughs> kill their children in the middle of the night, and it's not necessary. It was necessary. That alone is a tragedy. You know, listen, war is terrible, starvation is mamish, terrible, 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 terrible. And two people do unbelievable things during starvation. You know, we know that in 20th century and other times. Jews are not the only ones who had sorrows. You know, other nations, the Ukrainians, whatever, you know, from Stalin and so forth, is a terrible thing. And But here, it doesn't need to be. That makes it super terrible. You understand? Suppose you found out that there was a guy could have gotten out of Auschwitz by doing this, and you'd go crazy that he didn't do that, right? So, if we do this, sin will find us. We'd be doing something wrong. So we better go and tell the king, and they do. They run back to the to the uh, to the Jews. They say, "Unbelievable! The enemy camp is empty and it's full of food. It's full of food. Nobody has to starve." The story, as you read through the Haftorah, maybe you know the story from the past, maybe you know is the king is suspicious, he sends scouts, but then once they're convinced, the people rush out and eat. So the four lepers uh, saved them, to, to the degree that they saved them. Chazal say that this is Gechazi. Okay? This is Gechazi. That's very interesting. Gechazi, the peculator, Pechazi, the guy who's uh, the gabi, the money-grubbing person, the Gechazi that I know from the other stories, 
would say like this, Chabzai Alan Bud, I'm going to stuff away more and more gold and silver. If they die, the heck with them. They were good, a bunch of saps, a bunch of suckers. Right? So, this is a different Gechazi. Because what did he say? We're not doing the right thing. We're not doing the right thing. And if we wait till morning, we'll be found by a sin, which is an interesting expression, right? Found by a sin. Now, I'll tell you the way it reads to me. And then we'll see how I'm a Farsham attacker. It sounds to me, and it's particularly appropriate for Parshish Tazrim that they did the right thing because it was the right thing. When they saw all the suffering over there, once they rushed in and they ate, and I don't blame them for that for a second, because you're starving, you eat first. I mean, I get that. Okay, once they once they do that, then even a jerk, even a schmo has a conscience. Right? A yid has a conscience. And there's something conscience like this. What's going on in the city is so bad. So bad. It's not a regular day where you cheat a little here and steal a little here and do a gechazivort with nam and all the rest of it. This is a mass starvation. It's a terrible monster. It's a holocaust of a certain mini form, if you follow. Remember, they were doing cannibalism. Uh, this is not right. We have to. So rather than get more gold and silver, now I repeat, in the beginning, they fell upon the food. Once they ate the food and they weren't starving anymore, they fell upon the money. In other words, the HR controlled them. I don't blame them, right? You know, you put in, put they were poor, you know, to put in the money away. I, they could have then assembled more and more money, and I'm sure the Yitzhar did. Then they got an attack of the Yitzhar Tov. It's interesting. They got an attack of the Yitzhar Tov, and they say, conscience, and they say, It's not right. It's not right. And so they go back and tell, they, they end up doing the right thing. <clears throat> now, it's very interesting. If I'm saying this right, then Gechazi um, reformed, repented, became a better person, which is an amazing story. He used to be a guy who was just money-grubbing and so on and so forth. But in the worst, terrible Holocaust-type scenario they found himself, he rose to the occasion, and he ended up doing the right thing. He ended up doing the right thing. And as a result, he saved the Velta people. Because I'll tell you again, if they would have waited till the morning and me stopped the gelt and buried it here and there and there and there and there, over the course of that night, more people would have died, more people would have been eaten, more people would have killed their children, and so on and so forth. It was a terrible situation. See, Mamish did the right thing. And yet, the Mishnah says, Gechazi is one of the people that doesn't get Olam Habo. Does not get Olam Habo. You know, three kings and four commoners in, in Sanhedrin. Right? And one is supposed to be Gechazi because it says, you know, Taras, Naman, what is it, Yidbuk Bechal, Leolam, something like that. So it sounds like it was eternally cursed, which is an interesting idea. I'll tell you what I mean. We are dealing with saras. Saras is, as we understand it, not identical with leprosy because it's a spiritual phenomenon. So if it's a spiritual phenomenon, you don't get um, medical cures, right? It's not medical therapies. Uh, there are people who go into this in great detail, especially W. T. Hoffman, by the way, but uh, and Price in his book Biblical Talmudical Medicine, <clears throat> that golden only from hundred years ago. But, you know, the way you treat the tzaras is not the way they treat leprosy. Now, therefore, it's a spiritual phenomenon. If it's a spiritual phenomenon, listen closely, then what is the therapy? The answer is repentance. You get it? The person has this tzaras, 
until they don't. And when they don't, they have to undergo in Parshas Mitzvah a very complex purification ceremony. But the purification is to allow them to come back with Kachim and all the rest of re-enter society. But what causes, you can't get the purification until the signs of the leprosy go. So what causes the signs to go, what causes the, the, the healing is internal, is mental. The person repented. <clears throat> I used to be a Lashon Hara person, and not a Lashon Hara person anymore. I might be a little more complicated than that. I get that. I do get that. But let's say the person said, I'm resolved. Then I'm going to go to the person, apologize, and try to fix the situation best I can. We all know that story with the feathers, the guys that scattered the feathers everywhere. That's a problem with Lashon Hara. You tell them it scatters everywhere. You can't make it good again. But the person says, I really want to do it. Okay? Assuming that the sin was Lashon Hara. After all, the Gemara, we're in Erechen or someplace, says there are seven reasons why you get Lashon Hara. Not only, I mean, uh, leprosy. Not only from Lashara. It could be from Gezel. It could be from Tsarasayan. I don't know, with a Gilarias. You know, there's seven things over there. Now, um, in the case we're dealing with, so in the Gekhazi and all the rest of it, so um, he did something bad. Alicia said, I'm cursing you forever. That's pretty bad. Curse you forever. What if, what if the Gekhazi has a change of, of consciousness? You know, what if he repents? It could happen. Why do you repent? So it's hard to read the story. It could sound like, and the Gemara, the Talmud probably seems to read it like that. Right? Doesn't matter. He got a curse. And the curse was, even if you repent, it won't help. Leprosy will never go away. Whoa, that's a bummer. The other people we understand were subject to tshuva, to repentance. You know, when you read, as sometimes we do, in the Tanakh, there aren't too many cases of leprosy out there, by the way in Jewish history. When you go from Yeshua, Shoftim, and on, I can't think of many cases of leprosy. There's a few. Uh, one comes to mind is uh, that king, Uziyahu, who wanted to do the Katoris, and he got struck with leprosy. And it, said he, it says he remained in leprosy for 15 years or something like that until he died. Long time. Which is always striking to me because it means he was so um, uh, stuck and stubborn in his ways, he couldn't repent. Why didn't he say, oh yeah, I'm covered with leprosy? From top to bottom, I see my way was wrong, and now I want to repent. And then he get rid of it, and he didn't. He died in leprosy. Shmami no, they were so stubborn that he never would agree that he'd done something wrong. Ordinarily, if somebody does, you know, a Lashon Hara or, or Gilarais or whatever it is, and they do something, they, they do Teshuvah as best they can, you'd expect the leprosy to go away. The whole partial Mitzvah is, but what happens when it goes away? What are the purification rituals? Okay. Now, uh, but the, but the leprosy is gone. By Gehazi, he got Elisha angry. That's clearly what happened. He got Elisha angry, and Elisha gave him a curse. And the curse sounds like nothing you can do to get rid of it. Now, that's a bummer. Uh, and then, in addition to that, the Chazal say, because they have such a style, Maritz Chiz writes about this, I remember, that when it says there were four lepers at the gate, it's identical with was Gechazi. Rashi says, Gechazi, Ushlosha is one of, for the Gemara Sotem M. Zion. And so do all your Mepharshim. For some reason, everybody goes with that. I'm not sure exactly why. Because in Agatha, sometimes we have Mepharshim that don't go with the Agathas, but that's what they say. So it was the, the, the four lepers were Gechazi and his sons. Well, let's assume that's true. That sounds to me pretty much like they repented. As a matter of fact, they did something quite noble. They did the right thing because it was the right thing. The story I read you, Okay, 
But son of us, we shouldn't do this. We got to go and tell the people. And they do. So why did they do that? Did they expect, listen closely, did they expect to gain? Did they expect that they would be rewarded? I mean, if they're worried about rewards, they'll they'll keep their mouth shut and 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 Chaparain and all the other gold and silver up there and bury it. Because I can tell you right now, once the gates are open, the people rush to get the food, the people are also going to rush on the gold and silver. You know that I know that. Then I'm going to say, well, since you guys told us, you know, uh, you can get to keep all the gold and silver. It doesn't work like that. Okay? Or the king would steal the gold and silver. They're going to lose whatever they didn't uh, stop away, you know, uh, under a tree or wherever they buried it. And they were willing to do it. That's the story. You can't deny it. They're willing to do it. Okay? Now, that's not the old Gechazi. That's a new Gechazi. You understand? Now, Lord presented with this uh, challenge, he rose to the occasion. And it's just very interesting to me that um, for those of you who are Balkaris and Minchas Shai type guys, the Minchas Shai, as he says, uh, when it says, Umitzo'anu uh, Avon, we will be uh, uh, struck with a sin. The word Avon is Ayin Vav Vav Nun. You know, Avo and the Own is Nun. Mole, Bishnei Vavin, Puchad Min Dalin Mole, Alpia Masuris. There are only four places in Tanakh. In the whole Tarnavim Ksuvim, where Avon is spelled Mole, with Ayin and Avav and Avav and Anun. Which means it's Mamish. They, ma, this is how I read it. They said we would be doing the wrong thing. It would be a moral crime. It would be Avon, Mole. You get it? And nobody told him this, and they didn't hear a Musash Moose, and they weren't being watched by a prophet or anything like that. They did it on their own. Four guys with Saras who you know, have uh, the, you know, the the keys to the kingdom as it is, you know, they could uh, live like a, the life of Riley and, uh, you know, uh, never have to work again and so on and so forth. And they do not do that. They said, this is a vote. This is a moral, this is a sin. Not an everyday garden variety sin. It's a vote with two votes. It's a mama shanavera. And therefore they do the right thing. Now, how do we, if that's the case, then it should be the gechazi, the, the, the story if I were writing the story, you know, it'd be like this. Once they said that and did that, leprosy went away. And we don't find it. It doesn't refer to it later on at all. So the thinking of the Chazal, of course, is it never went away. And uh, even though they say that these guys did a good act, but uh, too bad, too bad. That's very un-Jewish, very unusual, it seems to me. Why is that so? Now, I see Rashi and others, but especially Rashi, who is obviously influenced by the question I just raised, <coughs> chooses not to interpret the story the way I just did. Not as an act of moral heroism, but as an act of fear and cowardice. I'm not sure exactly why. That's why Rashi says. Because when it says in Mitzvah Ono Avon, that if we keep quiet and don't tell, we'll be found to sin, the king will kill us. Okay? The king will kill us. Now, I'm not sure I get that. I mean, I do get that. It's based on the idea... Many people starve, but sooner or later, they feared, word will get out. Sooner or later, word will get out. Maybe other people will come and, and do the same thing we did, and they'll get the word back to the king, and when he finds that we could have done, we'll be in trouble. That interpretation of Rashi deprived the act of all nobility and made it simply an act of expedience. It was up to them, they'd steal all the money and let everybody go to the devil. But because they're afraid of being caught, so they didn't do the right thing. I, I'm not sure exactly why Rashi reads it that way. I certainly didn't. Okay? I certainly didn't. And it, it, what I'm saying is 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 the way I feel. You know, it's, it, it sounds to me 
you know, this way, okay? Uh, I don't know exactly. It uh, goes very complicated over here. Now, the reason I'm saying it is, I'm presenting to you a good Gehazi, not like I did last year. A good Gehazi, and the Chazal are hooked on the bad Gehazi. They're hooked on the bad Gehazi because it says, uh, he's one of the people who doesn't get, the Mishnah says, he doesn't get Olam Haba. Well, if he doesn't get Olam Haba, it must have been particularly bad. Couldn't be that he's the, who Cass just described. If he did something as noble as that, Das Alain would get him Olam Haba, at least a piece, right? What I just described, that he gave up all the rest to help the others, I mean, that should definitely get you Olam Haba. To some degree, how can you say Elam Chelik Olam Haba? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Now, um, happens to be, so just before I did this, I looked around a little bit. And uh, I was amazed. Right now, I have uh, my mom's uh, yard site coming up. Ooh, I think it's the second of Thomas. It's the same day as the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Same yard site. And uh, I think it's the second of Thomas or the third. <clears throat> and so, you know, my year is always, I'm, I'm preparing for a scene for my father's yard site. I have to learn something from my mom's yard site. The different time, second half of the year. So what did I do? I said, I don't know why. I said, I'm going to do Yerushalmi uh, Sanhedrin. That's what I do every day in Shul, whatever. You know, trying to make it by um, by the date, by Thomas. Um, and now be here. See when, hopefully I'll make it. Uh, but I'm only in the third parak of uh, Yerushalmi Sanhedrin. You know, with the Aegis and the court procedures and all that stuff. The last parak, of course, is Parak Halik, which is Agatha. Um, I did the art school Bavli when translated, but not to Yerushalmi. So I see the Gehazi, because the Mishnah there in Parakhalik mentions Gehazi is one of the four people against Nolam Abba. So they're talking about Gehazi. And it's it's remarkable. I pulled out this nice um, set that I own. Like the, uh, I guess you might say it's uh, from Machon Yushalayim, is it or something like that? Hamaor. You know? Hamaor. And it's sort of like a Kahati type thing. And I want you to hear this. Uh, first of all, the Chazal are not crazy about the conduct of Elisha. They say what I said, which is he went too far. Uh, it says, uh, you know, and, and there are Girsa issues with this, because it says he should always do small... I'll read you the Girsa the way we have it. This is the Frum Girsa, uh, leaving aside the Christological things. And it says, See, by Yavo Elisha, Damesa, Gubena, Dad, Melcharom. What was Elisha doing in a Geisha place like Damascus? So he tried to be Makar Gehazi. So basically, this this is fascinating. This would mean as follows. Elisha said, I went too far. But again, the curse like that, I went too far. And I regret it. And I want to try to make things up. But And they found Mukhlot, which is a language usually of a, a Mitzorah, Saras. Okay? Uh, which I don't know what that means, but uh, I see the Pnei Moshe says, Since he was a Mitzar Mukhlet, he couldn't get close to him. Uh, others, in this uh, Ka'ati type formulation, try to learn Mukhlet means that he was totally off the derech. So basically, he went uh, to Tarbus Ra. So here you see that he made a mistake. And he should have not done what I said, which is, I curse you forever, and the leprosy should never depart from you. He should have, you know, reject with the left hand and be with the right hand. 
And in the right Gersas, they say there are two people that did this. It's um, Elisha and the teacher of Yeshu, Yeshu Hanotsri. That's what they went, and that's the Mark Shubin Prakya. Now, both went off to Tarbus Ra. Uh, and it says that, um, uh, what do you call it? Bedochen small Makar Biyamin. Lo Kishim Shasa, Lo Kishim Shasa Elisha Shadokas Gechasi Bishte Yadov. Because he went too far when he when he when he rejected Mishte Yadov and said the curse should stay with you forever. And indeed, the, the Gemara says, and this is also in the Bible somewhere, <coughs> that this killed Elisha. Shnei Cholim Bechol Elisha. Elisha got two sicknesses. Echad Gederacharetz Vechad Shadocha as Gechazi. So it sounds like he had two illnesses. I'll just use an example. I'm making this up. It's, let's say diabetes and cancer. The diabetes was Kederach Kol Arts, and the cancer was because he was Docha Gechazi. So this would fit with what I just said. This would fit with, you know, Gechazi actually turned around. Now, when Elisha went to see him, he didn't turn around. But if he's identical with the four Mitzrayim, which the Gemara here doesn't talk about being the, one of the four Mitzrayim, but uh, Bavli does, the other Agatha does, it's hard to mix Agatha's, but I'm doing it now tonight to have some fun because I think it's, um, uh, I'm serious, I think it, it's, um, it brings out very important points. And the Archa's also deal kind of with these points. They're, they're aware of it. They have to be aware of it the same way I am. And uh, even though you don't address it directly. Uh, in other words, one Agatha would be the Agatha that the four lepers are identical with Gechazi. The other one is Gechazi with went off uh, and, and doesn't have a portion of Olam Habo. And then you have this Yushalmi over here, which says, you know, it wasn't really right. He doesn't have Olam Habo because because he was cursed too powerfully by uh, by, by Elisha. Uh, if he doesn't get Olam Habo, it's like Elisha's fault, you know, because he could have been Makarvim, and he wasn't. And God was angry at Elisha, and Elisha died for cause of this. That's quite a statement. Now, I want to read you furthermore. If what I said is true, then and this is why I wanted to share this with you, if what I said is true, it's not fair to Gay. Um, in other words, if Gay is the person over here as the four lepers, and if he reacted as the way I said, it seems to be from the Pusik that he reacted, and he realized that it was an Avon, it would be just something very wrong, then it's maybe my Manadian moment. Because why does he go and tell the people about the food and the enemy, empty enemy camp? <clears throat> as I said before, the Pusik is it's the right thing to do. Locate, Vayom Rishal Reu. It's a day of good news. We're quiet. It's the wrong thing to do. You know what we call that? Lishma. Uh, That's the highest madrega. The whole Rambam has a whole essay on this. An intro to Perak Chelik, as a matter of fact. The intro to our Perak. In which the highest madrega is Lishma. You do, you, do, you do a mitzvah because it's the right thing to do, not because you're looking for a reward. It doesn't say... The language in the Pasuk is interesting. It doesn't say, Gechazi says, oh, God will punish us, or God will be angry at us, or the opposite, or God will reward us. I mean, why didn't Gechazi say, like this? you know, if we go and do the right thing, maybe we'll be cured of our leprosy. It doesn't come up. He said, it's wrong what we're doing. People are starving, people are cannibalizing, and we're here fressing and, and putting away money. It's just wrong. That language of it's just wrong is the MS for the MS. I'm doing it because it's wrong. That's a super high madriga. Now, for that, you end up with Elam Chelik Olam Abonai a little bit. And I was reading in this uh, Gemara, it's in uh, Nun Gimel in my uh, edition of Yishalmi, 
In Prakhelik, listen to this. Rabchanan Yerushu and Levi Amru. Bishaw, Shenimnu, for Amru, Shlosha Molochim Arba Hadiotis, Elon Chelik Olam Hava. The Mishnah says that seven people, three kings and four commoners, don't get Olam Hava. How do you know? Now, the rest of us will say like this Look, the Chazal, and Ruch HaKodesh, I don't know, they know, you know, right? You don't ask me a question like that. But the Gemara here, Yushalmi, doesn't learn like that. It sounds like, and li- listen what I'm about to read you. The Gemara sounds like the Chazal got together, they read the stories, and they said, you know, based on our reading of what's over here, what uh, the three kings did and what the four commoners did was so bad, Achitofa, whoever it was, was so bad, it must be Elon Chelo Golem Havel. Whereupon, they're now poskening for Shemaim. They're not poskening for Aris. If you're poskening down in the Aris, then we have a rule, Loba Shemaim heat, right? Uh, you know, what the halach is. But you're telling me who gets Olamamba, who doesn't get Olamamba, that's not halach already. That's a metaphysics. There's no such thing as poskening in the area of metaphysics. You know what it says this? Um, my favorite commentator in the Medrash, uh, Yefei Mara, Shmuel Yaf Ashkenazi, because uh, he said, what about Lobash Shemaimi? And he said, well, that's only for downstairs. So listen to the Gemara. V'shosh anim neviyamru, shlosh amalachim v'arba hadyotis, e'en l'chil kolom hava, yotza bas kol v'yamra, ha'meimcha yishalmenekim master, you're the one who decides this? Okay? Ela ki atotiv charv lo'ani, ha'kadosh baruch who says, to the authors of the Mishnah, or whoever it is that made that phrase up, the three kings and four commoners, you choose and I don't choose? Uh-uh. <laughs> you may choose downstairs, but I choose upstairs. Right? If you if you know what you're talking, you don't know what's going on in Shemaim. So therefore, that tomorrow, which is Rabbi Hanani, Shuman Levi, it's saying like this, just because it says those seven people don't go to Muhammad doesn't mean it's true. It does not mean it's true. That was the opinion of the Chazal. And Hashem is saying, I mean, I'm going by the God here. Hashem is saying it's not true. I'm the one who decides. And it sounds to me like, um, basically it's saying like this, if, if, uh, if uh, what he called, if Gehazi did the right thing the way I described it, maybe he never was cured of his leprosy, maybe not, depends how you read that story about uh, but as far as not getting Olam Haba, I think I think he gets Olam Haba. And I decide, you don't decide. right? So it turns out, in my, to my way of thinking, and that's all I can share with you, if you're interested in what I'm talking about, you look this week at the Haftorah, which is a fascinating story, and this is Malachim uh, Bey's Perik Zion Pasuk Tess. So it'd be 2 Kings 7-9. 2 Kings 7-9. And you look at that puzzle, and you can look at maybe other Mepharshim. I got the article in front of me with all the regular Mikras Gedolas, so I don't see anybody saying anything different. Um, and 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 it's about, it bothered me. It wonders. The way I read it, uh, he rose to the occasion. Uh, it took a crisis. He had suffered. There's no question before, uh, once upon a time, he was a jerk, and so on and so forth. But, uh, but it doesn't matter. You know, he changed. And I just want you to know, there, there is another school of Chazal, and where would it be? It's, uh, yeah, there's another school of Chazal that understands that Gechazi was like a big Talmud Chacham and all this sort of thing, which is not the way you usually would read it, okay? And, uh, 
and the problem is that he prevented. It's like remember they added in this Rabbi Hasav Solim on the day of Idias. You know when when they uh, fired uh, Rabbi Gamliel and they put in uh, what's his name Belazar Ben Azaria. He said they allowed a lot more people into the base matters. So since before it said that the Tsaras of Naaman will strike you, and the next Pusik, which is the beginning of the next chapter, talks about the students of Elisha saying there's not enough room around here, Tsarlon Amakam, so they want to say that Gehazi was like hogging the whole thing. And uh uh Elisha Yasebitinune, when Elisha was giving a shear, Havegehazi Yaso Atar Gehazi was by the doorway, but Talmina Khamile and the would-be students saw him bombing Gehazi all. If Gehazi doesn't enter into the room of Elisha to hear the Shira, then if he's not on the right Madriga, we're definitely not on the right Madriga. And Elisha, Elisha would have over his Shira and, and nobody would benefit because he would have nobody sitting in the Shira. And when Elisha was, uh, and when Gehazi was fired with the leprosy, then it says, Elisha, that there wasn't enough room for the students who want to get in there. That's already a different Alicia. That's Alicia who's a rabbi. Okay? Not the way not a gabai, but a rabbi. So when it comes to Agatha, there's all kinds of things that can happen. But to my way of thinking, which you know I endlessly say is the only thing I can share, uh, I see a very interesting heroic morally heroic uh, thing happening in this week's parsha, which is put in the hands of the lepers. You know, that was the last people you'd think would be that way. Uh, but on the contrary, maybe the Saras gave them a uh, a, a teshuva. You know, notice they reacted the right way. And uh, the only reason they're not cured is because they got this curse. But it doesn't keep them out of heaven. Or maybe it does, depending on which way you go. These are uh, definitely food for thought. And with that, I wish you a uh, good week. And again, I thank Ed Farkas and family in Flatbush. For sponsoring, and um, we'll see later this week. I hope to get to the parsha itself. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.